Welcome again, everybody. Really glad you can join us today here on this podcast, which is appropriately entitled Get Unstuck, Live Happy and Free. Yes, it's a goal for all of us living happy and free. Wouldn't it be great if we could live totally free, have no money problems? And God, that'd be awesome. Um, but that is just not the way it is, right? So unfortunately, we run into situations that give us a lot of fucking problems, right? Or a lot of stress or hassle, frustrations. And uh, sometimes we avoid those things or we don't face them or there's just so many of them that uh, they continue to pile up, right? And it forces us uh, into this routine and uh, might not like it, but we feel we got to do it. And we end up getting just stuck in that rut or that routine, right? And that's never fun or good. It's just like being on a motorcycle out on a nice, beautiful trail. You get stuck in that rut and you can't move any further, right? Just sit there. You're trying, you're trying, you're spinning your wheels, literally. And you just can't get going. Well, hopefully today with um, some insight from both myself, um, just things I've learned off of other great guests who have come on and helped uh, with this topic and contributed to it. Hopefully uh, with a little bit of that and a little bit from another great guest today that we're going to have on in a minute here, um, we'll both be able to give you some uh just personal uh, insight, tips, advice that can help you get unstuck, live happy and free. There's lots of different ways people go about that. Certainly, um, you're going to hear um, different things today. Take it or leave it, right? And uh, I would highly suggest you just try some of them because if you don't try, for sure, you are never going to get unstuck. If you don't throw some rocks under that tire, uh, you don't have a chance to get out. If you don't uh, find some wood or sticks and throw under that tire, you don't have a chance to get out. If you don't do something different than what you're currently doing, you don't have a chance to get out. So I recommend you take a shot at it. Uh, I'm a big fan of having some personal reminders around, whether that's um, you know a coffee mug that's got a great slogan on it that picks you up in the morning when you uh, are not feeling so uh, happy about getting ready to go to work um, or maybe you're wearing a t-shirt to uh, give you a smile because it's got a funny saying on it or something like that. I like the ones over at Studio 17 uh, on Redbubble. You can just go to redbubble.com and just search Studio 17 Designs with the letter Z at the end of it. So Studio, the number 17 Designs with the letter Z um, and uh, on Redbubble. They got a bunch of good, funny stuff there that uh, can help you uh, get through the day or as a nice gift uh, to help somebody else who may be stuck in that same rut. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and we'll say hi to our guest today. And opening up the room, I think our wonderful guest is now online with us. Can you hear me? I heard a little beep there. Let's see if... Uh, the unmute will happen. And how about now? I am here. Hey, it's wonderful. We have our guests in the room today and I'll let them introduce themselves to you all and uh, what you do, where you're from and uh, give us your name. Sure. My name is Don Myers and I am the co-founder of Guided Leadership Solutions, where we provide business coaching and consulting and HR fundamentals to professional um, organizations. 
and um, I'm in San Diego, California, which right now it's very cold here for us. It's it's in the fifties really? tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, just happy to be here. Well, I really appreciate you coming on board. Uh, being from California myself, uh, but having traveled lots around the world, I know that the weather can certainly affect how we're feeling and uh, it can amplify, you know, times of trouble for us. I actually was just chatting with somebody in Sweden on yesterday's podcast and she was talking about, you know, how it's constantly dark over there now for three months. And uh, that certainly has an effect uh, emotionally on people. And as I was, as I was just saying in the uh, intro, this, uh, this podcast is all about helping people get unstuck from things that they just do not like, Don. things that they've somehow found their way into, whether it's, you know, just over time or whether it's regular routine or whether it's, you know, they feel that they can't do anything differently because they got to make that income, you know, they got to keep that job, whatever it is, uh, and they end up being not so happy. And I think, all of us have certainly experienced some situations in life, whether it's work or personal or it's a relationship or spiritual, or whatever, that uh, has made us say, you know, I'm just sick and tired of all this. You know, I don't uh, want to do this anymore and I got to change something to uh, make it better and get out of it. So I know you uh, you've got, um, you know, some um you know, some work, obviously, that's uh, directly involved with that, you know, with uh, coaching, and uh, maybe it's business oriented, but obviously having success in business, uh, you've got to be happy in your, you know, in your own life as well, too. So um, I actually would just like to start out by asking you, just, you know, in your personal life, before you became all professional and all of that stuff, you know, um, was there times in your life uh, that uh, you felt you just uh, were stuck and you didn't know what to do? And I'm curious how you were able to overcome those things. Absolutely. I, I think from an early age, I felt stuck. I was um, grew up in a tumultuous home. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of love there, but my dad was an alcoholic and there was mm -hmm. a lot of fighting and there was a lot of scarcity around money and all of those things. So I had a really heightened awareness of um, trouble and um, was very sensitive to that and was trying to fix it as mm -hmm. a young kid, um, not able to do that. And um, I remember being very um, sad and overwhelmed emotionally and uh, thinking, you know, someday I'll get married and then I'll be happy. Mm. Now that's a, I yeah, just want to jump in there. I think sure. a, lot, a lot of folks, um, we tend to do that, right? We say, when I get this, then I'll be happy or when this happens, right. or, you know, when I get that job or when I make this amount of money or, you know, when I have this house or whatever, then I will be happy. Um, and, you know, one of the recurring things that, uh, you know, lots of folks say on the podcast here. Uh, which I would wholeheartedly agree with is, you know, either living in the past or living in the future like that. Um, it just, uh, it does not help because you don't know if you ever get there and maybe it's going to change by the time you get there. Um, and the only thing we have is the right here, right now. I was watching a good documentary the other day with a great, you know, huge rock star who, uh, you know, went through all of his drug addiction and all of that. And, and uh, he said, you know, the thing that finally pulled me out of all of this was, 
you know, realizing that I only have this moment right now. I don't know how long mm-hmm. I'm going to live. I don't know if we're going to, if our next, you know, single is going to be popular or people still going to come and buy tickets, et cetera, et cetera. So the only thing I can focus on is right here, right now, if I've got three people or 300 people in front of me who are enjoying what I'm doing, then I should be grateful about that. You know what I mean? And just think and focus on the now and concentrate on that. I mean, obviously it's, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say it's an overused saying, but it's a very used saying that, you know, the present is all we've got. Isn't that how it goes? Uh, it's called a present for a reason because it is a present, something like that. So yeah, right. go, yeah, go on with your story. Yeah. So I got married and uh, met the love of my life, got married and um, still married, been married on just about 36 years now. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. But that didn't make me happy. (laughs) Now that's not, I'm Um, sure that's not the, well, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I'm sure that's not meant for literally, but but right. Yes, we know right. what, we it, know exactly what you meant. What, it wasn't the thing that you said, boing, now I've got it. Boing, right. All of a sudden, it, all is right with the world right. and with me because I have, I've got a partner who supports me and who cares about me. Mm. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to have kids. It must be that, you know, when I have kids, if I have kids, I'll get there, you know, mm. and this went on and on. Um, I, I, we ended up, uh, we went through five years of infertility and uh, were blessed to adopt a son at birth. And then when he was uh, five months old, I found out I was three months pregnant. So I had a second <laughs> child right away. Wow. Um, and um, that didn't do it either. And we had a home, we had our, our finances were, were good. Um, all the things that had a great job, all the things that would define success. And I was still empty. Now, I just want to ask you a quick question, because there's a a big difference between cultures around the world and, um, and, you know, and just what the society um, presents to you as success or presents to you as you will be happy when you have this. And obviously, commercial and materialistic societies in the West, especially America, you know, that's what all the advertising is based upon. When you look like me, you'll be happy. When you have this ring that I'm wearing on my finger in this commercial, you'll be happy, et cetera, et cetera. And other cultures, um, you know, totally different, um, don't focus on that. Um, they may be focused just on different things. But so where did you get that messaging from um, that when you have this, you'll be happy? Uh, you know, because you know, it, it's basically it was a false idea that didn't work that was you right. know, that you had in your head. So where, where did that come from? So what I eventually figured out was um, that I was suffering from depression. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed at 36 with dysthymia. It's lifelong depression. It's a genetic imbalance. Mm -hmm. And what I was trying to do was I had this void and this dark place. And I was trying to, I think, attach where those feelings were coming from. Well, it must be because I'm in this tumultuous home. So if I, if I start to create a home for myself, with someone who's very loving, then that's going to take that feeling away. But the feeling was deep within. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for outside sources to change that feeling. And, and I needed to look within. And it was my oldest son was probably about seven. And um, I got, you know, I, 
I spent a lot of time in bed because I just couldn't face the day and I'd go to work, come home, get in bed. And, and uh, this was a Saturday and I got up and made breakfast for my boys and got back in bed. And my, my oldest came in and he laid his cheek on my cheek and just said, do you think you could try again, mom? Wow. That's, that's, that's a strong uh, <laughs> memory yes. to have a motivational kind of memory. Yeah. Right. And it, it struck me in such a profound way because I realized I was doing to my children what my dad had done, but with alcohol, mm. you know, he was, he was masking his pain. He was self-medicating. And, you know, when someone's uh, struggling within a family unit, they're not the only ones that, that suffer. Yeah, absolutely. That was just a watershed moment for me. And that's when, when I shared with a friend for the first time, what I was going through. And, and I literally had been in the fetal position on the floor in my office and would pull myself together, go out, get the job done, go back in my office, lay back down on the floor. I, I was that low. And, uh, she said, you know, you really need to see a psychiatrist and, at first, I really resisted that because I just there's such shame around it, or especially mm -hmm. there used to be. I, I, I'm, I'm a yeah, big more so. Of, yeah, right. I'm a big proponent of let's get rid of that shame and let's let's um, help each other be healthier individuals. But at the time, there was a lot of shame. And I thought a psychiatrist, you know, no, mm -hmm. but I was so desperate. I, I um, made the call and went in and um I was written off work for 12 weeks while I went through intense therapy, um, was put on medication to help stabilize. Um, and the medication was just enough to help me see that it was just enough of a lift to motivate me to do the other things that I needed to do, which was the self-worth work, mm -hmm. deal with, you know, the, the things that I grew up with and um, really learn to tell myself the truth. Um, where, you know, I used to wake up in the morning and it would be, I can't do this. I don't want to face the day. I, it's not worth it. You know, all those negative feelings. And I had to train myself, um, your brain, you can train your brain. I have figured this out. Um, I had to just train myself when I got up and felt those feelings. I had to say, no, get up. It's going to be a good day. You can do this. And the next thing I would know, it'd be about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I was doing it. And it was like, oh, Okay. And now years later, it was 20 years ago, years later, um, I wake up, same feeling immediately, but my, my brain kicks in right away. I don't have to think about it. It's, it's trained to turn, to turn that negative thinking around. And it's not to say that I don't still struggle and that it's always a process, um, but it, it has helped me really grow and help others grow in wow. the process gosh it's uh, i really appreciate your openness uh with your personal stories because you know you have your professional business going on too and and it's just great that you have the ability and the courage um you know to let people know that you know the fact is although we all might be looking at somebody else and saying, gee, the VP of my company, they've got such a great life. Look at their big office and they've got that car. And, and if I get to that point, then I'll be happy to her. But you don't know, you know, at lunchtime, maybe they are sitting on the floor in the fetal position, just like our wonderful guest just said, right? So right. It's, uh, it's not um, obviously what we always think. And we, God, we torture ourselves 
in that comparison game and looking everywhere else that the grass is always greener and all of that. And I just, you know, I mean, I've spent, I've spent years, you know, overseas living in different cultures and different work environments um, in comparison, you know, to East and West um, and even in Africa. And it's just amazing how different um, things are treated. I have to say, sadly, uh, it seems like even the, the, the places that were not uh, so materialistic before or a long time ago, they seem to be coming more that way. And they, be, they seem to be emulating like America and like, hey, you'll be successful then or hey, get a million followers on Instagram and be like me, Kim Kardashian, and you'll be happy and whatever. And so you have you, you have the local versions in all different countries of those kind of people or things or advertisements. And it's just God awful because it doesn't, it really does not seem to be uh, helping. Uh, obviously, if you look at like the happiness index, uh, you know, around the world, America, certainly, although we're the best at business, you know, we're the best at marketing and advertising and mm -hmm. all that stuff, but we are by far not the happiest. Um, so just, you know, just looking at that alone, hopefully helps people to realize that there's something else um, that you got to take care of in order to try and get happy. So I'm really curious um, because we do have folks, uh, you know, who, who kind of say something similar to you of like, I had to retrain, you know, how I thought and whatever. And we all have that duality inside of us all the time. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious specifically um, because many of us, uh, myself included, you, you, get, you get up in the morning, whether it's every day or quite often where you're just like, what's the point? Uh, I don't right. want to, right? <laughs> um, and you said you trained your brain so that other thought would kick in and say, no, I'm going to do this. But like, literally, did you go through looking at because you know, I'm trying to always give practical advice to listeners out there who are struggling. It's like, did you look at a list of like, okay, here's a bunch of different techniques you can try if you're not feeling good in the morning to motivate yourself and get going, uh, you know, whether that's actually, I was talking about like, you know, a physical thing, some people it helps them, you know, to have a coffee mug in front of them and they've got, and that has their mantra on it, you know, and they've got to right. you know, look at that while they're doing drinking their coffee. And that gets them, you know, past that kind of that, uh, you know, that, that roadblock in the morning or, or other people, it's okay. I got to sit and meditate for 10 minutes or I'm going to do yoga or whatever. So did you go through, uh, you know, investigating several different methods and then land on one that happened to work for you? Um, how did you end up coming up with that? You were able to just use your brain to do it. And I'm curious, how did you literally train your brain? You know, did you put a piece of paper on the wall and you, in the beginning, you had to read that when you weren't feeling good, but then that trained you into, no, I can just have this thought. How did you actually get this to work? Right. For yeah. For, for me, it was really interesting because I, I went through a lot of therapy and, and even uh, learned a lot about cognitive behavioral therapy, which, oh, which yes. really deals with the brain and how you think. And it still wasn't resonating with me. And I remember saying to my therapist, you know, here I'm doing all the, I'm doing all the things. <laughs> I am, I am, you know, taking my medication, I'm exercising, I'm, you know, eating healthy, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best, and I'm I still feel depressed. And he looked at me and he <laughs> was so crazy. He said, Well, you just gotta fake it till you make it. And I'm yeah. like, listen. 
I have been faking it for 36 years. <laughs> right. You know, right. I don't want to fake it anymore. I yeah. want to be, I, I want to be authentic to who I am. And he's like, he's like, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but you have these thoughts that produce feelings. And then those feelings produce more thoughts and you get yourself into this downward spiral. Mm -hmm. And then your actions come out of those, those thoughts and feelings. And he said, so you've got to come up with what works for you to tell yourself if you're, you're telling yourself every day, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm still sad. I'm, you know, yeah. and he said, you need to turn that around and say, I'm a happy person. Instead of saying, I can't do this, say, I can do this. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily the same mantra every day. I just, I just, before I got out of bed, I would just lay there for a few minutes and just feel the feelings I was feeling and then tell myself the opposite of that. So did and, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. It was far more powerful than I thought it was because I just thought he was, crazy and just like okay he wants to get rid of me he doesn't want me to keep coming back here <laughs> but that was very very profound and um i think the other thing was finally surrendering to the process for a long time um in the beginning when i was taking medication um i would start to feel better and then i would go oh i'm feeling better i'll stop taking the medication mm -hmm. um thinking like you know that i don't need it anymore well obviously it was working. And when you stop taking it, then it stops working. And um, so I really had to surrender to the fact that I have depression mm -hmm. and it's okay. And it's okay to take medication if you need it. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to talk about it. And it was really at that time when I finally surrendered to it, that I really started just normalizing it in my life rather than trying to hide it from everybody around me. I talked about it mm -hmm. and it really, it kind of neutralized it for me. Um, it didn't make it so threatening. Yeah. And um, I, every time I would do, um, I worked in large hotels here in San Diego as director of human resources for years. And every time I would do a new hire orientation with about 20 people in it, you know, I would talk about, you know, we all wear a mask. And, you know, when something comes up at work and you're really frustrated with Johnny because he doesn't seem to be as productive and he comes in late, rather than judging Johnny, maybe there's something behind that mask that's, that's causing that behavior. And, and maybe a simple, you know, are you doing okay would be better than, you know, putting him down. And I, then I would share, I say this because I suffer from depression and you could almost hear a pin drop in the room wow, because I'm sure. there yeah. I'm viewed as like the, the most powerful person beyond the right, hiring, there, them, right? hiring them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And, and I said, so you would be surprised what's behind my mask. Um, but it's, it's okay because I'm working on it and, and we all need to work on it and we need to be true and authentic to ourselves. And then I started teaching at San Diego State University in the extended studies program. And I would share the same message it, that if you're going to be in human resources, you have to understand that everybody's wearing a mask, mm -hmm. no matter who they are, there's some sort of mask there. And I would share my story. And every single time, one or two people would come to me afterwards in tears and just say, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. If you can 
go through what you've gone through and be where you're at. That gives me hope. Yeah, I think there's two great things, uh, you know, about what you just said. You know, one is that acceptance, basically, and that's a you know big theme all the time uh, for trying to get a little bit happier. Is acceptance um, doesn't mean you accept and you quit and you give up, right? But right. you acknowledge that that is the way that it is currently, right? And it may be that way forever. Let's say you have dysthymia, right? But there are other things that you can do to help to balance that or alleviate that, whether that's, you know, medically with prescriptions, because, you know, everybody obviously is born differently, has different biology inside of them. We all, you know, our glands are producing chemicals like crazy all the time. Some of us produce more dopamine, uh, some produce less dopamine or less serotonin or whatever it is, you know, it's all there's, you know, we're a pharmacy inside our own body, you know, and just being able to say um, that, hey, well, you know, one person is born one way and okay, that's why they end up with diabetes, let's say, or another person is born a different way. And that's why they end up with, you know, depression or whatever these things are. Um, just right there, I, I, I kind of almost felt, you know, relief for you when you said, yes. you know, that you, you, um, you know, you accepted that and you understood it and you said, and that's okay. Um, and you made it part of, you know, your life that yes, it's there, but it doesn't mean that I, that I can't change it or I can't do something about it or I can't help to make it better. Um, so that's a great thing. Just, you know, that acceptance, number one, and, and not having the pressure and the stress of trying to hide it all the time, whatever, whatever that thing is for yourself, you know, so for the listeners right. out there, when you are feeling like, oh, well, I can't talk about this, or I don't want people to know this or whatever it is, you know, everybody has those things. So it's kind of like, give yourself a break, right? And realize, right. hey, everybody else has these things. Not everybody has the support or the courage um, or the strength yet to talk about them or to let it out or to seek help for whatever their issues might be internally, externally, medically, whatever. But you can do that for yourself. And when you get to that point that you can, it is like a big, you know, relief for you, number one. Um, and then number two, you may end up being, you know, the inspiration and the encouragement that is helping somebody else, just like the people that came up to you after your HR, you know, orientations um, that you were talking about. So it's like, it can help you, number one, um, that acceptance and talking about it um, and letting others know that, you know, this is just another normal part of life, whether we want to talk about it or not, um, right. you know, that can potentially help others. So I, I really applaud you, you know, in, in doing that. So then I'm curious, um, you know, you, you certainly uh, work on some things, you know, that help you, um, that uh, kind of help you get unstuck, I would say, from that rut you were in. And then as far as the maintenance of that goes, um, because that was a while ago that, you know, you were doing all this work and going through it, um, you touched on a little bit of, um, you know, it's not always a great day, you still have to do so, you know, certain things. So, what, uh, you know, what do you do? Uh, and what do you suggest, you know, folks try, um, you know, who maybe have found something in the past that worked, and then like, well, it sort of stopped working, you know, um, or, you know, just how to keep it up over long term, sort of like, you know, 35, 36 years of marriage. Right, 
Right. Yeah. And, and it does change. And um, for me, what I have found very helpful is having someone that I can call mm-hmm. outside of my family, outside of, you know, my work, just kind of that go-to person that you can just really be raw with and kind of get it out. Yeah. Cause there's a lot going on in our heads and yeah, all the in time, our hearts. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. with everything that's been going on the last couple of years, I yeah, think for sure. scene is isolation is not the answer. Yeah. It makes really, it even tougher. Right. There needs to be community and um, you've got to find your people. Um, and that that's been very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I've got a few key people that um, call me um, and I call them and, you know, can kind of, let us vent, but then say, okay, remember, and kind of remind, have someone else remind you of what you know, deep down, but you just kind of lost your way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some days I, I realized, you know, I'm, I might be really struggling focusing because my mind might, might take off in the middle of the day. And, and I, I haven't been able to fully retrieve it. Um, I'll just get up and say, okay, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to get in a different environment, get outside um, maybe listen to some music, just change the environment I'm in. And, and it's really interesting that 10 minutes of that can just totally change things. Yeah. And it seems so simple, but yeah. I think so many times now, uh, professionals and leaders, well, all employees, but, but especially, um, HR professionals and, and other leaders, they're so, they're working so hard that they're working against themselves. And yeah. that's really where I came to in my last job. Um, I was an HR consultant for a company. I left hospitality in 2019. Uh, heart, I still, they're my heart and I still am uh, on the board of the Hospitality Human Resources Association. But I knew it was time for me to, to make a change. So I went in. So um, I'm not sure what you heard, but I left hospitality, went to a company to do consulting, COVID hit, and it was crazy. And it was, you know, 14, 16 hour days um, consulting businesses on how to get through this and trying to get through it, you know, myself. And uh, this year I realized, you know what, I want to do this on my own and my way. Um, And uh, I had a, a... a colleague that wanted to do the same thing. And we went into partnership in January. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm sure having something different that uh, you're passionate about, obviously is hugely motivational and it gets you out of the same routine that you might've been in. So folks out there who, you know, you are stuck in that same routine, you know, exactly what Dawn is saying, you know, changing it. Um, and you know, when I originally heard somebody say fake it until you make it, I really didn't like that. Right. But I have to say, I have to say over time, um, you know, if you walk the walk, right, just try it out. Right. I mean, that, that is one thing I can say that I know for certain that, you know, if you do not try something other than exactly what you're doing, nothing's going to change for you. Your situation is not going to change your, you know, what you're thinking is not going to change. Your mentality isn't going to change. So even though I didn't like that saying in the beginning, 
I, you know, have applied it in different situations. And I can only say that at least it gives you a different perspective than your current perspective, right? And that's helpful, um, number one. Um, Hopefully, you don't end up having to be just you know, faking it forever, um, that you find other things that actually make it true and real for you, this change that now, you know, you're doing. Um, so having something that you're passionate about, um, is always great advice for people, um, whether that's, you know, in your work life or whether it's in your personal life, but finding something that you can go to, um, because maybe you don't have all the support that you want, um, or maybe you don't have that person that uh, Dawn was talking about that you can just call up anytime and and be totally open and honest with them um, but you can do that when you're sitting you know on the mountaintop meditating or you can do that yes. you know in your bathtub in warm water when you're closing your eyes and you know you are meditating or whatever it is um, that you decide you know to do in order to change your everyday um, routine number one or is kind of your uh, emergency you know help kit when you're in a bad spot um, right. what what do you do in order to try and and help yourself and i couldn't agree with you more i mean there's nothing like having another human being that you can vent to and talk about the human experience with you know um, right. but, but it's great to do that with your dog too or it's great, great to volunteer at you know the animal shelter and you know and be talking to the dogs and cats there you know um, as you're helping them talk about your trials and tribulations and all that just getting it out i mean i'd love you know people tell me stories that they were like i just went to the park sat on the bench and it was so freeing to talk to any stranger that came up to me you know or that sat on that bench with me i'd strike up a conversation they didn't know who the hell i was i didn't know who the <laughs> hell they were there was, we didn't i didn't say names or places or anything i just freaking said the truth you know what i've always wanted to say or get out to people things that they were you know too ashamed of or embarrassed or whatever and they could never say it to anybody but when they realized they could they could say it to another person and get it out of them with no repercussions it was such a wonderful freeing thing so you know go uh visit some park benches maybe that's a absolutely yeah Yeah. so now you've got the business going right which obviously helps makes a big change because it's something you're passionate about gets you out of the, the the rut that you were in um And so how do you now, you know, obviously in the orientation, you, you know, you get your thoughts and ideas out, which is great because I, you know, I never heard HR people, you know, saying things like that, um, that honestly, uh, or saying, hey, you know, consider the other person what they might be going through. So I think that's great that you're doing this. So please spread that throughout HR because there's lots of folks who are just following the corporate line and that's doing nothing except crushing people's souls. So (laughs) I appreciate appreciate how you do it. Um, And for folks that, uh, you know, who, um, you know, who are interested in services like you have, how can people get in touch with you? And, you know, what's your website and stuff for, you know, the current projects that you have going? Sure. It's guidedlead.com, G-U-I-D-E-L-E-A-D.com. And you can get a hold of me through there. I, um, it's really, I appreciate what you said about, about, you know, HR really needs this because I really do have a passion for it. And I speak to HR um, about it. And I, I have a, um, I have uh, three different 
public speaking kind of titles or, or subjects that I that I talk about. And one of them is is we have to stop ignoring mental health in the workplace. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because just because you want to say it's not there, <laughs> like you said, even with ourselves, just because we we ignore it doesn't mean that it goes away.